Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adler Marcy, and we are steamrolling into season six. We've already had some great interviews from my friends Al Tepper, Justin Goff, and now we have another badass on the show. That is the one and only Lisa Johnson. Now, Lisa, thank you for being here on the show. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for inviting me. I like being called a badass. You are a badass. We had a little bit of a chat before this uh, show went live, and again, I was like, yeah, no, I got introduced to the right way. That's basically what comes up and happens. So, guys, just to give you an idea, Lisa, and this is just a very brief overview, but I'm going to get her to tell the story a little bit more. Lisa essentially kind of, um, how do I put this? She went from the first six months of coaching to like in doing six figures as a coach for business, and then with then when she started like running passive businesses, meaning in the sense of like when 90% of her business was running on uh, without her, she's just like exploded her business to well above and beyond. And it's insane exactly how she's done it. And we're going to be uh, digging into that as well today. Lisa, please fill in some of the blanks I've left out because I've left so many. <laughs> you have. Yeah. So I started, um, I actually started as a wedding fandom about six years ago. And um, that went it went well. I started to get lots of clients very quickly. And so because of that, got asked, you know, organically for help for other businesses, not just in the wedding industry, but people I knew. And so I started to help them with their marketing and, and with visibility. And they started to make more money. And so then I thought, hold on a minute, there's probably like another business in this. So started business coaching about two years and five months ago. And um it went really well. I seem to have a talent for breaking down the immense amount of jargon in this marketing industry, on the online business industry, into step by step. You know, this is all you need to know. This is all you need to do. You don't need to know everything. Um, and so, started making a lot of money, but then realised pretty quickly actually that I felt burnt out. I'd left a, a really nice nine to five a few years earlier to suddenly be doing six in the morning until 11 o'clock at night, which wasn't really the plan. My plan was that I wanted to travel. And I have, I have twins at that point. They were you know, five-year-old twins, and I wanted to travel with them. Um, and they couldn't even get the time to spend an hour with them to, to put them to bed, let alone anything else. So realized that something needed to change. And so I am a big investor in myself. I'll pay out if I need to. And at that point, I knew I needed to know everything about this thing I'd heard called passive income that everybody seemed to think was a myth, which made me even more intrigued. So I went out there, learned everything I could about passive income and semi-passive income and started taking away my income streams and adding in new ones that were passive or semi-passive. Within six months, my whole business was about 80% passive. It's now 90, just over 90% passive or semi-passive. And... Um, I'm making triple what I was because of it. That's amazing. Now, real quick shout out to our sponsors for the show because you just reminded me. Um, we This show is an episode is sponsored by lisajohnsoncoaching.co.uk. Go check it out. And also sponsored by adelmarcy.com. We've got previous episodes on there. Rate, subscribe, and get to know all our previous guests. Now, that being said, I'm going to just go ahead and ask if you had to define, because I know what the definition is, but like again, yeah. it's the case of like if you could define what a passive and semi-passive income looks like, um, and then also kind of I'd ask you to equate that towards like a service-based business. Like, is it possible for service-based businesses to have passive and semi-passive incomes? Yeah, it is. Um, so 
My absolute definition, because there are a lot of myths around in passive income, that it's truly passive. You never have to do anything. Money will just rain down on you while you're asleep. This isn't true. What passive income is, is no longer trading your time for money. So, for instance, and the difference between passive and semi-passive, for instance, I have a course. So a course that someone can just buy from me and take away and go and do themselves. They can buy it from my website. That would be completely passive. I've done all the work up front. And now I don't have to do any more work and can sell it over and over again. So it's passive. I actually prefer the semi-passive model, which is you do have to do some work, but for the amount of money you get, you get a lot more than you normally would if you were just trading your time. So for instance, I have a course that goes over about 10 months. It's been done time and time again. So I've already written it. I might update it each time a little bit, but it's already written essentially. Uh, the presentations are already done. The workbooks are already done. But I will go in and teach it live once a month for an hour so that people can ask me questions. So I do basically 10 hours work over that 10 hours months, but I will get about 200000 for it, which you would never normally do if you're trading time for money. Agreed. I would say that that would be a different case, though, because you also have time of planning. So wouldn't you say it would be like about three hours a month? But even so, like 30 hours a year. But no, because I don't need to plan it because I've done it six or seven times. So if you think about it, if you've already got everything done, all you're doing is literally going on, doing your life. It's essentially a seminar at that point as well. Okay, cool. I was actually thinking more towards like actual creation, time put in for creation of slides and all that's the other because... The first time, yeah. Yeah. Lord knows how much I hate slide creation. It is (laughs) genuinely the worst thing in the world for me. Um, But, you know, as is the case. So you've got something along those lines. So you've basically built these systems in place and you've given an idea towards like having a course, but also you've also given the idea to having a semi, what I'd call a semi-continuity program, which is it's, it's membership but it's 10 months Um, and it's semi because like, you know, you're actually still teaching these classes live. Do you have a continuity program that you basically run on a low end to keep money coming in on? Oh, awesome. So you do have something like that in place. Yeah. So I have what it's, it's a membership called the get shit done society. And it's basically a 49 pounds a month program where I do as little as possible. So basically I get other guests to come in and to coach for an hour on the whatever it is they do, Instagram, Facebook, copy. They come in and they do an hour. I have 400-ish people in there at the moment, women. Um, My favorite market to write for. (laughs) Yeah. So someone like you would come in. You would teach for an hour. You would get a lot of clients from it because they're buyers. They're good buyers. And I would have somebody teaching my class that month. And all I do is about half an hour a week, I go in and do what's called Wine Down Friday, where I have a glass of wine with them, tell them how my week's gone, and we have a bit of chat half an hour. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and it works really well. And that makes me around 200000 a year. And I, you know, it's in reality an hour a week. That. If that, and that's actually quite a lot more fun because to be fair, when you have a continuity like that, especially when you have guest teachers, it's brilliant. It was one of the things that I actually used as a business model to launch my last program. Oh, cool. Um, and it is that, isn't it? It's a business model because at the end of the day, it's a paid sales funnel. Yeah. And I love teaching that because the way um, the way that I, by the way, I encourage everyone listening to the show, if you're going to do these kinds of classes, I encourage it doing it my way. And the reason I say this is because on average, whenever I have, I, like say I have 30 people view my training for that yeah. month, 23 of them end up giving me money. Yeah. 
that, that's that's an insane conversion rate if you think about it. It's like well over sixty six percent of a live training that you do. People end up parting the cash with you, and it's not a small amount. It's like usually about seven hundred fifty to a thousand dollars a time. Yeah. And the way that I do this is quite simple. You literally, if it's okay to actually say this, and you can, I'd love your opinion on it. It is the case of I go in and I actually just teach. Like genuinely, there is no agenda. I'll do ninety minutes of a training because I tell people don't give me 60, give me 90, because 60 minutes I'll teach my ethos and philosophy in about 45. But I know people are actually there to ask me every question under the sun because yeah. everyone thinks their business is different. It really isn't. Is so <laughs> those things are brilliant. So if you're teaching something like, um, say, you're, say you're a business coach like Lisa, but like you're getting your feet wet and you're starting out and stuff, go do some of these trainings. Go Go teach some stuff, but actually give value when you give enough value people just come and flock to you at least that's what i found so true and no you're absolutely right and lots of people told me at the beginning of my business don't give too much don't ever close yeah. the circle yeah. don't you know don't give too much value because then they won't buy it and actually what i found is the opposite the more value i give and i can pretty much tell them everything i know people don't buy a course or they don't buy one-to-one or they don't buy a program with you for the knowledge they, they can get the knowledge yeah they buy it because of you and they buy it because of the support and the accountability Exactly. And that is something that you just said that's so powerful. And to quote the legend himself, Dan Kennedy, um, the majority of humans are idiots and morons. Do the opposite of what everyone else is doing and you'll make a crap load of money. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah, because that's what I've been finding is like whenever I teach copywriting classes, I don't do the thing where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to teach you my exact system for writing copy. I'm like, I can't teach you my exact system because it's three hours long. But guess what I can do? I can show you a very shorthand way. It's only an hour long for me to show you how to write amazing sales copy. Go here. And people go check it out. Like I'll give away a 45-minute free training and people are like, why is it free? (laughs) Yeah. I could charge for this later down the line. I probably will. But for now, it's free. Everyone go check it out. It's happy days for me. I think that's the way of doing it. It really is. Now, my question therein actually lies uh, towards the idea of traffic because this is something I do know I get asked quite a lot about. Mm-hmm. Um, I have questions about it and I'm always curious with social media traffic particularly because you said you build almost your entire businesses on social media. Yeah. First of all, how does someone in today's world get started with it and what yep. platforms would you recommend they actually go with? So I have a system for passive income. Can we actually go through and that system? Yeah, we can. I mean, I tell, I tell you everything. I'm not one of these people that keep it yeah. back like we just talked about. So I have a system. I realized that when I was... Uh, kind of, I kept making different passive income streams and I kept making more and more money. And then I started teaching other people and they started making more and more money and I realized I was doing the same thing over and over again. So I turned it into a system which is called the cash system. Right. And this is how it goes and it includes your audience question. So the C is for client. Before you even think about growing an audience or what you know, whether you want a membership or a course or a workbook or a group program or whatever, an ebook, you need to be thinking, who do you actually want to help? Who is this client? And know everything about them. Once you've got that bit done, you can go on to the A, which is audience. So you then need to grow an audience online of those clients that you just worked out you wanted to help. And the way to do that is using a sales funnel, just a really basic, non-segmented, not very complicated sales funnel, which usually consists of giving a freebie, doing an email nurture sequence so they can get to know you, and then putting them somewhere. And in my case, I like putting them into a Facebook group. And I've always used Facebook groups. So 
put them into a Facebook group. They're also on my list. And then I nurture them. So you grow the audience and then you nurture that audience for a few months. And then once you've nurtured the audience and they're ready to buy, that's when it gets onto the S. So the S is selling, which basically means launching and having a real launch plan. Most people that launch a semi-passive or passive income stream, the thing that they do wrong is the launching. So they just put it out there and they go, no, I'm bored. And we don't understand why. And actually... It's about having a six to eight week proper launch plan, a strategy, just like you would for your business. It's just like a mini strategy. Yep. You launch that and that's that bit done. And then the H is for, for happy. You keep them happy. You retain the members and or remarket if you have a course. And that's worked really well for me. And I do the same every time. And my biggest tip would be to not, not don't create anything until you've sold it just don't create don't even write a single word until you've sold it that's fair see i have to go the other way around with that personally because um if i don't i'll never get it done i know myself so like whenever i get around to it it's like i've just got to create it and get it done but you're right a lot of people don't it's really strange i'd say because i've been around for a really long time like i went i think i've been a digital marketer since 2008 9 that's wow so it's been a, i've been since i was a teenager basically yeah um Right at the start of my copyright career as well. But what I was going to say was one of the things that I've actually found that a lot of people have moved away from is understanding how to do like a proper launch. Yeah. Like a proper launch isn't like, okay, I'm going to just say it out loud and that's going to happen. It's like, guys, there's usually like a two month like build up where like, Mm -hmm. this is something I'm doing. Like, so by the time this comes out, it will be January 2020. So like, it would be well into the new year. Um, We're recording this in September, by the way, guys, just so you know. My audience are cool with that. What I'm planning on doing is story selling blueprint when it comes back live, because um, we've remixed it, we've added new modules, and actually really made it about a very certain market. Because before it was like an encyclopedia on how to write copy and make a fuckload of money. Yeah. But the problem with that is no one really wants to buy copywriting courses because they think they're all boring. You have a prejudgmental idea. <laughs> you kind of almost have to like hide it like medicine. Yeah, put in something sweet. So what we've done is I've created an entire course around stories. Self-learning. <laughs> yeah, it's basically, it, it's a story-based course. So you use the stories on how to find your story, how to build it out, how to use it, how to market, how to make money with it. And the how to make money part comes in with the copyright modules. Now, the reason I bring this up is quite simple. It took me literally two months of sitting on my iPad planning out a 60-day story campaign. So yeah, I've got to do this many Facebook Lives. I've got to do this many IG things. I've got to reach out this many times to different lists. I've got to go on these people's shows. I've got to get this thing done, that thing done. I've got to do these kinds of things. If I'm ill, I've got to do this other thing. I've got to write this many posts. Yeah. And I'm only, like, the thing is, I've finished only about 10% of the assets I need to create, and I'm going into launch mode right now. So, like, this thing doesn't come out till November, but I'm already planning it in September. Oh, yeah. It takes you, you some time. Have you have to have it all mapped out. And you have the more, the, you know, people, when they launch, they come out of a launch and they go, oh, it's exhausting. I can't do anything for two months. That's never happened to me. I yeah. love launching. I'm usually on holiday when I launch. And it's because I do everything beforehand. Everything can be prepped beforehand. And you can keep using the same stuff that you've used and changing them over and over again. Like, I feel like people make work for themselves and they really they do. don't. They really do. I love it when I get hired as a copywriter for something that's already been written. They're like, cool. I'm just like, I can usually sell the thing they're selling better than they can, which yeah. is fine. But it's hilarious when I'm like, oh, so you you want me to go over and look at your membership site so I can actually go ahead and like make more money for you? Like, 
No, no, I'm launching this new venture entirely. I'm like, you have a lot of the assets. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah. The assets are already here. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I don't say that and I'll be like, cool, I'll get paid. Go in, take the assets <laughs> we have, make them best and be like, here you go. Yeah. Makes my life easier, but it means that, you know, I've shown you my secret formula for writing copy. Also, I see a guitar on your side. Yours? It's not mine. Damn it. It's not, no. My husband, who is also just starting out as a copywriter, um, he is a musician. That's pretty cool. Send him my way. He can be I one of my students. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but what I was going to say, so like one of the questions I really have particularly, what have you found has become the new challenges for you as a business owner? Because like there is a pinnacle that you reach, especially when you have passive income. And I've heard this from several people where it's almost like, what do I do today with my life? Like, yeah. what do you do to deal with that? Because that's I something totally very few people. And the thing with me is, I have a passion. I'm a bit of a crusader for anti-bullying. And so you had it growing up as well. I had huge amounts of bullying growing up. I uh, I grew up in a council house in, in Lincolnshire and so was born into humble beginning. No way. I was I was raised in almost the same place, but in Leicester. So like we are not sure, far we're apart. Quite yeah, we yeah. Because yeah. just for the people in the US that don't know, but like, we're literally <laughs> about an hour away from each yeah. other where we grew up. Yeah, definitely. And, and I just... I got a scholarship to a private school and that was at the age of 11. So from the age of 11 onwards, I was mercilessly bullied because I was poor yeah. and they weren't. And that continued then because I think you, you kind of get this victim mentality. And so then I was bullied in my first job and I was a bit of a wallflower and was just continually bullied in my first marriage. I was only 17 when I got married the first time, 17, 18. Um, and so was continuously bullied. And then I got to this point where I had to make a decision that this was going to continue and this was my life or I was going to change everything and this was never happening to me again and I was going to make a success of my life and I chose to go that way. I um, decided to test myself, having left school at 16 with, with no, no qualifications because I didn't dare. Be hey, same. Hey, same. Good. Um, I decided to test myself. And while I was working full time, I did a law degree just to see if I could do it um, and got a very high two one. Took four years, but I got it. And that changed my mindset. That made me realize I could do anything I wanted. And then when I came onto this online industry two, two and a half years ago, it was really interesting because there's more bullying on this online world than there is at school. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I've, I've been, I've been the victim of that by some people to which my response yeah. is just block and delete them. Like fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And, but some people who may have been bullied when they were younger or just, especially I find women find it really difficult to be visible because they're scared of being judged. Yeah. And, um, you know, and they're scared of this bullying and this trolling online. And so I kind of made it my mission to make people more aware of it and to crack down on it. And so I now partner with a bullying charity called Bullies Out. And um, so I spend my days working on that side of things, you know, doing events um, for entrepreneurs who may have been bullied before and need help with confidence and that kind of thing. Yeah, and that's one hell of a... That's one hell of the market simply because like I actually do know the majority of entrepreneurs were bullied or hated school. Also, side note, this is the reason why, and I was going to look into your copy and please tell your husband this as well, including yourself. Never <laughs> use the word learn in your copy ever. Ooh. Just get rid learn. of it. 
learn. Get rid of learn. Yeah, um, I've done, <laughs> my audience is slightly sick of me saying this, but I've done little hour-long podcasts on this one word and my absolute hatred for it. With a sentence, tell me why. Oh, dead easy. It reminds you of school and bullying. It's like so subconscious on everything that you're doing that you're basically institutionalized. You're, you're basically stopping yourself making money because what you're doing is putting people through a bullied state where subconsciously they're putting on the brakes going, learn school, school, pain, pain sucks. No. And so, so many would you entrepreneurs have been bullied. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Yeah, this is the thing that people don't understand. Uh, again, this is where I kind of, uh, for a moment, just going to say, <clears throat> flexing the old copy <laughs> muscles here, because I've done this for so goddamn long. I've tested this in every venture you can imagine, and it's been one of the deciding things. It's literally, at one point, it was the only word I changed in the entire client sales letter. Only word. What? Didn't change a single thing. We quadrupled their sales overnight, yeah. just simply because we changed the word. And he was like, why is this working? I told I, I had to look into the psychology of it because it's very yeah. subconscious. And um, people like to think it's theory, but I'm like, I've got enough data to back it up into fact. So Yeah. yeah oh, it's, cool. No, I'll change it. Yeah, it's a it's a fun little thing. Now, <laughs> with that kind of said, like what do you find is okay, so I found a bunch of different people have different reasons to why they can't do a passive income thing, including uh, you've literally given the system which is fine, and everyone bitches about different things. Yeah. There's enough stuff about avatar creation, enough about like building your audience and stuff like yeah. that. My question is now on nurturing because a lot of people have this whole thing about how do I herd and nurture my audience? How often do I email them? How often do I speak to them? Yeah. What do I even say? Because content is a big bitch. By the way, just side noting for a moment, by the time the show comes out, this won't be an issue. But when the show is being recorded just prior to it, I had uh, I had an issue putting content out there because again, as a child that was bullied, I don't want to put my hand and be like, yeah, I'm going to teach you guys this. And I'm like, some asshole's going to say something that's going to just piss oh, yeah. me off. And loads of people think like that. And yeah. it's taken me ages to get over that that is going to happen. And, and so many people will tell you, that's just all mindset. If you put it out there, nobody will say anything bad. Actually, that's not true. Everything I put out there, somebody says something bad. I'm, I'm prolific on talking about my earnings because I have great money mindset. So I yeah. talk about how much I earn. The slack I get just for doing that on its own is enough to fill an oh, email yeah. box. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just, I, uh, the one that I have, sorry, and this is an add-on question. How the hell do you <laughs> deal with people that actually, like, put comments in? Because in my brain, I'm like, sometimes I want to roast them, like, really, like, cut into them. Because, you know, being a stand-up yeah. comic, you get that fun little side of you. Um, <laughs> other times, I just wanted to, like, block and delete that comment or just, like, delete that comment. But then I'm like... I'd look really, really weak if I did that. And then yeah. it's like just all other things. So how do you do that I try and be too? kind and I try and remember that when people bully and troll online, it's because they're not happy. Yeah. So what's going on in their lives that's actually making them feel that they need to do this? You've triggered something in them. You've held a mirror up in some way to them with your content. So actually, we need to feel pity rather than anger. And so I normally try and help. And I've, I've turned people who have bullied me online into clients. That's always a good way of doing it. Why not? Take their money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make them laugh, take their money. Those are two <laughs> quotes of my life. But yeah, so you were saying some nurturing the audience yeah. and putting content out there. So like, how would you actually go about this? So I'm a big believer in giving your audience what they want rather than what you want to put out there. I see a lot of people saying, but I'm nurturing my audience. I'm doing, I've got a Facebook group and I'm in it every day. And then I look at what they're posting and I look at the questions the audience are asking and they're polar opposites. They're, 
they're just giving what they want to say. And actually, you need to give what your audience wants, which means ask your audience, what do you want? What do you need from me? What help do you need? Where are you getting stuck? Help them with those things. But another thing I really believe in is keeping it social. People don't go on to social media to learn. They don't go on to social media to to work out ways of making their business better. They're on there because they're sitting on the toilet and they're scrolling because they're bored. So what you need to do is keep it social and give them a reason to keep going back there because creating a community, which is what you're trying to do with things like Facebook groups and on Instagram, it's creating a community. It's not for people just to sit and watch you. So get them to get to know each other yeah. and ask those kind of questions and then suddenly it blows up. And I've had the first uh, Facebook group that I put out there and grew, I did organically, no Facebook ads. And in six months, I got about 1,500 people. And then the second one, I decided I wanted to do it quicker. So I used Facebook ads. So I used about six to 8,000 and within three months had the same number. And on both launches at the end of the three months and the six months, hit around the six-figure mark, each one. So nice. it makes no difference. You can do it quicker if you want to use Facebook ads. <laughs> you don't have to do it organically. That's fair. I'm actually posting up a little Facebook. Uh, I'm actually, while we're speaking, I posted up just a Facebook question. I'm going to tag you in it later. Yeah, um, but one of, And this is a question I'll ask everyone on the show. What is the weirdest thought you've had when on the toilet? Ha! Huh. Yeah. Weirdest thought. You should have asked me that before. That's going to take me ages to think of. Well, over the course of the show, like I'm sure you'll come up. Um, it's going to come I'm up. I'm going to come up with it. Yeah. We keep asking questions. Yeah, we'll just keep going and see what's up. <laughs> um, as far as it goes though like I, I legit find that whenever just to answer this question whenever I am actually it's not the toilet that I get the best answer, the best questions and answers and visions and shit it's usually when I'm in the shower yeah or there That's is another think things. or when I'm in a different state um, which you know isn't yeah we'll talk about that another time yeah I probably like, shouldn't talk about that <laughs> <laughs> to be fair my audience kind of know, might want, okay so this is how cool it is one of my clients once sent me a bong <laughs> as a, a thank gift. you gift another one sent <laughs> me edibles you. they sent me edibles i was like how the fuck do you guys know and i actually only realized this yesterday uh i found out because for, for the longest time i was clean and sober absolutely nothing until i was 28 right so i spent 28 of my years very very sober um a lot of misconceptions and then again a lot of stuff with understanding of medicines and stuff like that one of my favorites was um i used to always get picked out by my friends as looking like a stone of the light you are you sure you don't get high are you sure i'm like <laughs> you just no, have the I'm look not. of one <laughs> i just I'm like why they're like you you have the vibe and look and i found out why yesterday it's because i tell stoner stories while i'm sober so, <laughs> so all my stories just sound like i'm high at the time it's like <laughs> they're like what kind of questions go on in your head i'm like i have full-blown arguments with myself over the most ridiculous thing like where's the best place to get ideas when you're taking a shit or taking a shower it's one of the two neither the best place to get ideas is on a sunbed on holiday yeah it is my I brain goes to about, my oh, brain goes it? my brain goes to elsewhere on a sunbed and i'm like i i, I don't want to be in public right now <laughs> i have like six months of the year traveling and if i'm on holiday i was on a holiday last week where'd you go and I well, I just went in in quick succession to Santorini, Disney World, Florida, the Bahamas, and then Spain, um, because it's school holidays. And if it's school holidays, I just like we don't we're not at home. Um, was Santorini the event that was on the island? 
No. Or was that a completely different thing that you were there? Completely okay, different thing. Because like Sam ended up going to Santorini and then you all there. I was like, were you there at oh, the no. same time? Oh no, Sam went to a retreat there. Okay. We won't talk about that. That's yeah, we thing. won't. Yeah, we won't. <laughs> not on air, not on air. It's not on air conversation. But, yeah, but um, no. So I traveled around and while I was in Spain last week, we saw this, um, I was with my family and we saw this amazing yacht. And I was like, I want to hire that yacht for the day. And all of my family, I took my dad and my sister and her kid and like, let's get that yacht. And we had a look and it was like a couple of grand, two or three grand throughout the day. It's like, let's just spend the day on the yacht. And, and I was like, really, I should make this money before I spend it because I've been on holiday for two months. So I decided to just put something out there that wouldn't take me any time or money. It was like content that I already had that I could make into a little boot camp. And get some other people to do bits of it. So put it out there. And three days later, looked at my account, seven and a half thousand pound richer, book the yacht. So I get better ideas on holiday. Because if I was at home just working away, I wouldn't have thought to do it. See, one of my favorite places to get ideas is I want to buy something. Yeah, that's where. <laughs> that's what I do. It's like, like so I'll give you guys an example. So there, there are a pair of headphones called Neurophones. Um, which, by the way, if you have anyone that has hearing impaired family, I back these one billion percent. Okay. Because what they do is they do a actual hearing test, like a like a standardized hearing test in your ear canals, and then they basically adjust them to a personalized volume. Wow! How much style. are these headphones? Three fifty. Oh, so they're not really expensive. No, but they're like super amazing. So. At the time, I was like, okay, do I want them? Do I not want them? Do I want them? Do I not want them? I was like, you know what? I want them. And within, this is crazy. Like, this has been happening more and more. So I kind of feel like the more this happens, the more in tune I am with myself. A little bit of a woo-woo thing. I do know what my, like, human design elements and all the other fun stuff is. The more I'm in that element, the more shit amazing stuff happens. Um, So these headphones, I was like, I want to get them. Out of nowhere, someone literally bought one of my courses they put out a year ago. They don't even market. It's just there. And someone was like, cool, I wanted to buy it. Can you send me the link? Was it 350 quid? Yeah, it was like $500. It was like 400 pounds. So it was like 50 pounds more. I was like, done, deal. (laughs) It's good to tell when that happens. (laughs) The thing is, I've been looking at these for absolutely ages. The only problem was I didn't want to buy them before I tried them on. Because yeah. they weren't in the UK. That like, was really hard oh, to find in the UK. So, to get them. Yeah, so uh, it just so happened Stratford, uh, Westfield and Stratford in London had them. They had like a little booth. So as soon as I went in, I was looking for them for ages, couldn't find them, asked the information desk. They were like, yeah, all of us have bought them. You need to go check them out. So I was like, great. Went in, tried them on. They did the hearing test on me. I listened to just like the bass sample track they have. The cool thing is it lets you slide it, so you can actually have it on personalization where it's like, if you're at the back of a concert, how yeah. would it sound like if you were at home chilling? All the way to front row. It's like hardcore listening. Like, no, basically it's like 4K for your hearing. It's, yeah. it's, it's amazing because like you go all the way to 4K, uh, all the way to uh, front row, and it's literally like you're at the actual stadium listening to them to live front row. And what's funny is that me and my friend have done this, where she's got her ear profile online and I've got my profile. You can switch between our profiles and you can massively hear the difference wow. to how we listen to music. Because for her, it's everything, like all bass and stuff is to the right, um, and then vocals to the left. Whereas for me, I've got bass in both, vocals in the middle, and kind of like the orchestra like between the two. So it's Personalized. Just 
Yeah, good. it's very strange. It's good for like people with hearing hearing problems as well, yeah. like, just because like you listen to music differently. Now I've done my bit. I should really send out an in- invoice to uh, Nora and be like, "Yo, yeah, you really should." Any <laughs> any time any of these sales come through, sponsor my damn show. Or just like uh, send me a load of those headphones. <laughs> oh God, I love them. I fucking love them. <laughs> um, but the ones I usually use on day to day are like these ones, like M Power Flames, best twenty two pounds I've ever spent. I don't Super- have. A pair of headphones. I've just made you two new recommendations. You should totally go yeah. check them out. But um, yeah, anyway, kind of getting back on track here. <laughs> when you're actually looking for what you want, you'd be surprised how quickly you can pick it up. Like right now, you don't have headphones. I just randomly got into a conversation about headphones, and now you have two new suggestions. <laughs> yeah, of things that there I might go. want. But that does happen. If I, it's, That's always how I've kind of been led. Like if I want a particular thing, and I knew I wanted to travel, and I knew how much it was going to cost, I will I will work out a way to make that money. And I think that if you're good at sales, it doesn't matter. Like People keep talking at the moment about this online world's going to implode and all this scaremongering. And actually, if you're good at selling, you can sell offline as well as online. And so it will never really matter. Wait, who's been saying the online world is going to go to – which so asshole is saying that? Every, oh every marketing asshole on the planet is saying, it's going to implode. It can't last all right. All right, to all the cunt bags out there that say this, fuck off, okay? <laughs> Seriously, it ain't gonna... These are the same assholes that were like in 95, the internet's not gonna be a thing. Yeah, um, yeah we've been around for a long time. It ain't it's slowing down. It's also the same ones. It's also the same assholes that are doing Facebook ads, saying that Facebook ads will no longer work. Learn my new way of doing it on a Facebook ad. Oh yeah, no. Those are my favorite people. Going like webinars don't webinars are dead. Sign up to yeah. my webinar. Yeah, it's like but email also- lists don't work. Sign up to my email <laughs> list. Fuck off. Yeah. God damn it. That's like the dumbest shit ever. Like my favorite one has to be. So the reason why I studied copywriting, besides just naturally gravitating to it, and then like once I realized that oh I should relearn how to sell, which I did. Um, my skill, like this is a universal skill. Audience building is a universal skill. Being able to do what you do, like systematizing large, huge amounts of information, disseminating down to like very basic converse, uh, content that someone can take on is a skill. The reason why these are skills, say the internet does implode tomorrow. Who cares? You'll be fine. Okay. Like the only, the only places I'd say that you can't really transfer the skills that you have online, and I'm going to be bitching about them because it's funny, is okay. Shopify store owners. They're the only ones I'd say that you're going to be in a bit of trouble because you haven't taken the time to market, but you have. Yeah. If you have, you'll be great and you have a great Shopify store. It's kind of this whole thing with Brexit. Everyone's been talking about, oh, no, businesses are going to suffer. I'm yeah. like, yeah, the dumb ones are. Yeah, it like, won't make any difference to the people that know what they're doing. Exactly. The ones that know, like, that have an audience that is built with them, you're yeah. going to be fine. If you're and just even like this thing, this audience thing, everybody tries to sell something and says, well, you don't need an audience. You can sell a course. You don't need an audience. Get a membership. You, you don't audience. need an audience. Such a nice bollocks. You need an audience. Build your bloody audience. Yeah. It doesn't take that long to do it. Just do it. Exactly. There, run over. No, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I just got two random comments from that post I put up. Like One of them oh. is like, one of them was like, I'm going to say this one on that because it was funny. It was, uh, I hope I'm sitting on my toilet, not just streaming that I'm sat on my toilet. <laughs> That's what someone would think if they were sitting on their toilet. Some people have said that, but then again, I understand where they're coming from because... Well, I don't have time to think when I'm sitting on the toilet. I've got my phone in my hand. 
in all fairness though like i th- if a guy, i think it's more of a guy question than a girl question because like i actually believe that women spend less time on the toilet than men definitely, do definitely yeah, we do. have We're a efficient. thing we go in to do something we come back out men go in with a book or a newspaper yeah. what's that about because we like to okay i'll I'll level with you for all the women that are listening to my show this is some real shit that we gotta talk about and i use that word very not strategically on purpose um okay when a guy's in the toilet we're usually done within about 10 minutes i'm not gonna lie we're actually done there. it can't be comfortable Go sit somewhere it's else. hella comfortable it's, it's so comfortable having just your jeans down and your balls and ass hanging out it just feels amazing it doesn't look comfortable it doesn't look comfortable, but it's so comfortable because <laughs> you're sat there. Unless you get number, like where your thighs start coming out, that at that point, that's a problem. But up until that point, you're like, I got no noise from the outside world. I've got no kids. I've got no pets. I've got no woman. I've got well, no nothing. the best time to think. So here's a challenge for you. Your Should next launch has to be done entirely from a toilet. Yeah, that's not a challenge. I've written the copy on the toilet. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I actually did write all the sales copy on the toilet. Well, yeah, you'll be able to do the whole thing on the toilet each time. Yeah. Just basically, it's a, it's a shit sales letter, if you would like to call it that. Good <laughs> fun. I might actually use that later on down the line, just as a bonus <laughs> module. The shit, bo- uh, the shit module. How? Came with all my ideas while taking a shit. If you're a guy, go do it. Yeah. I actually didn't finish writing this article uh, for a while. I, I wanted to. I never got around to releasing it. It was um, why entrepreneurs take the longest shits. Why haven't you released it? I, I've written half of it and then like my blog hasn't, I haven't finished like building it. So I've got to get back to just finishing it out because I want to content produce more on there than anywhere else. Yeah. Um, because it's more fun. But anyway, kind of going away from my toilet Which, humor. This is a very tangent podcast. This, this is my life basically. This is why, <laughs> this is why I mean my friends think that I'm a stony even when I'm sober. They're like, I can see this now. I can see Stoner stories, man. <laughs> In all fairness, I am sober. It's fine. When you have to say it, it doesn't sound real. But anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a bit of oh, so what do you do for like fun? Do you like watch movies as well? Or are you just like yeah. my thing is travel, or do you do things like I watch movies or watch shows? Like, I'm a like movie relax. buff. I love movies. Oh, excellent. Movies. Let's go. Movies my thing. I'm a bit just, of a geek when it comes to this kind of stuff. I do like movies. Okay, go on. Favorite five movies that you can just rattle off the top of your head that you just I like. can't because I like movies too much to be able to do that. And okay. also if I gave you two of them. It would it would range from like like I give a shit. I want like five random movies because I want to watch something tomorrow. <laughs> okay, go tomorrow. Okay, go and watch. This has just come out and it's it's quite good. It's called Serenity, and it, it's completely different to what you think it's going to be. Like, just go watch it. Okay, I need a bit of a premise here. I can't because if I tell you anything about it, it'll ruin it. I, I don't really don't care about spoilers. It's really bad. No, you have to care about spoilers. But yeah, so on one way, I watch all of these kind of like geeky sci-fi stuff. Mm. And then the other side of me is like in love with Pretty Woman. Yeah, I don't blame you. Pretty Woman is... It's a brilliant film. Yeah. Wait, has it got and Matthew McConaughey in? Yes. That's the movie. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go check it out. Go watch it. But don't think, oh, this looks like a rom-com or something. Just don't no, think. No, it's, it's classed under a thriller, so I'm, like, I'm not going to. And, oh, and it's Steve, and it's, and it's written by Stephen Knight, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I know it's going to be a good movie. I, I just watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is excellent. Oh, my God. So good. My friends didn't get parts no of the movie. No one got it. It's really good. How do you not get it? It's a really simple premise. 
but I think there's a lot of in stuff about Hollywood in that era that if you don't like films, you probably won't get. Yeah, like, okay, so what did, okay, I might ask a fellow movie buff, did you actually get the premise of the movie? Like, if you were to explain the movie to someone, how would you explain the movie? You can't explain the movie because if you start explaining the movie, it ruins it. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, by the time the show comes out, everyone would have seen it, so it's fine. Yeah. So you can tell. I think it's a love letter. It's a love love letter letter to Hollywood from, and to that industry, from somebody that loved it at that time. Um, I'd say that, but I'd go one step further. What would you say? I'd say if I had to explain that movie to someone, I would tell them it is a typical, it's a very typical Tarantino version of a really good movie. And they're like, what do you mean? Well, it's a series of events that would that would have happened in a parallel universe had this entire situation. And if I was to explain, it's like basically fictional character actor happens to be around during the Manson family murders ends up preventing the Manson family murders, but shows you how that would have all come about anyway. Like who yeah. this person is, how they would have lived, and what would have caused the Manson family to, instead of killing Sharon Tate, actually end up targeting him and how that would have all played out. Um, arguably my favorite scene, Brad Pitt, high on LSD. Brilliant. Just sat there and it's like, what's your name? It's like, I am the devil's child. It's like, no, it was something dumber than that. Just, yeah, yeah, it's just that insult was like so perfect. But that whole bit, that whole bit where everybody moans, you don't really need to be quite so violent. It's a Tarantino movie. What were you expecting when you walked through the door? I've realized so many people are like, Tarantino hates women. I'm like, does he though? Like, because I, I get that there is like that aspect where oh, so much violence towards women. Fair enough. Hateful Eight wasn't my favorite. I get it. But if you kind of go into that mindset of that era of how women were actually treated, you'd yeah. understand. There's that authenticity that has that level to it. But at the same time, not going to lie, some of my favorite movies are Tarantino movies. Reservoir Dogs is one of the best movies of all time. Oh, yeah, definitely. I looked like Vincent Vega for a while at one point. Not on purpose. (laughs) Not on purpose. It's on my Instagram. I'm going to look at that. Okay. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Well, uh, I I will throw it up later, but um, let me, I'm going to quickly go grab this right now. But basically, the in, the whole way this came up, because I have to explain this, because you guys will find it. I had really long hair. I had hair down to my shoulders at this point. Okay. And um, I think I, sh- I like a goatee, and I was at my friend's wedding, at my friend's, at my then girlfriend's friend's wedding. Um, and I happened to be really weirdly posing in this photo completely by accident. Um, and I say that because I do pose by accident. <sighs> Give me just a moment. Hold on. I have no idea who's trying to get me, but that is it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. You do look right, like you it. Keep, you keep going. I'll be back in a second. I'll just keep going. I'll just have an interview on a podcast where no one's interviewing me. <laughs> so he's just gone to answer the door. Nobody that does podcasts goes and answers the door. Hopefully he's going to edit this out. What is it? Maybe he's got something exciting in the post. What has he got? Who was it? Who was it? Oh, it's uh, basically it's a it's a telecom company that's coming in to work on some stuff on my roof. Oh. I live in a I live in a former factory, so it's a factory turned into a loft. So I was like, oh, I where are you, London? Yeah, I'm South Woodford. You? Yeah. Well, at the moment, Hertfordshire. I was in London for a while. 
whereabouts? So I've lived in Pinner, Middlesex. I've lived in Brixton. I've lived in Twickenham. I'm kind of a wanderer. See, you did that. I lived in Soho for four and a half years. And oh, then, nice. Oh, yeah. Like, it was such a good place. But, like, looking back at it, my apartment was tiny in comparison. Mm. It's, like, three times smaller than where I live right now. So you have to move out. Like, move to Hertfordshire, you get a lot more for your money. You do, but it's Hertfordshire, and I couldn't and I, do that. I it really takes half do. an hour to get in. It takes half an hour to get in. But in all honesty, no. No. Plus, no. my jiu-jitsu gym would be way too far. You're too millennial. Give it 10 years. You say that now, just, you know, <laughs> but no, just to give you a better look at that photo. There we yeah, go. Yeah, it is a brilliant photo. It doesn't actually look anything like you. I know that's the best part. I have a chameleon face, which is brilliant. Like if I dress up properly, I just look different. Um, and also, what's it called? Also, there is like this huge aspect of just dressing up as that character. I didn't even mean to. I got called out. And that should show you the level of impact someone like Tarantino has on yeah. an entire generation where it's yeah. like people my age. Okay, to give you an idea, Tarantino was making movies when I was three. Yeah. That dude basically, like, his entire work is, like, aimed at the generation, like, generation before that and generation after that. Yeah. The generation that came up in the 2000s, they kind of got a glimpse of it, but I don't think they really understand the genius of that madman. No, he is a madman, though. Oh, yeah, completely crazy, but in the best way. Like, he is a psychopath of the highest order. But And I say that with love, by the way. Yeah. I'm a fellow psychopath. So, movies are one thing. I like musicals. Do you watch musicals? Yes, I do. I'm Have you seen Hamilton? Don't. Fuck off. I'm going to go see it in November. By the oh time the show God. comes out. It's but brilliant. I, yeah, but here's the thing. I actually know all the words to all the songs anyway. because I'm taking to a... somebody in November that knows all the words to all the songs and just hasn't seen it. Wait, but what you day? Have to I'm going to tell you. If it's the tenth, I'd be no. If it's the eleventh or the tenth, it's you the exactly Monday. What it is. If it's that Monday, we are going to be there. I don't think it is a Monday. I think it's a Friday. Okay, because I'm going on a Monday show because there uh, it is. It's the 29th of November. Okay, no, mine's like two and a half weeks before oh, that. You'll love it. Yeah, you? I will. Um, fun story about Hamilton. We, I promise we'll get back to business in just a minute. But this <laughs> is just a fun little side note. <laughs> Uh, one of my exes loves Hamilton, like loves, 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 loves Hamilton. She actually got me into it. Um, but the reason she got me into it was because she butchered the songs so badly. And the thing is, I don't sound like I can rap, but rap and hip hop are in my blood. So I can, I used to battle rap. That's the funny thing. I can battle rap and make up lyric on the, on, on the spot if I need to. Okay. I, I do lie and say that I can rap and embarrass everybody at karaoke when I decide I am a rapper. But can you rap? <laughs> no. Okay. But I try. <laughs> Funny thing is, she thought that too about me, and then we were at a party, and then a song came on, and she was like, you can't rap to this. And I kept up word for word at every speed and cadence and changed it. She looked at me, she was like, okay, you can actually rap, can't you? I was like, yeah, I can. I think you should rap now. Oh, no. I need a song to go with, but like, I'm not going to do that to my audience. They can, they can watch <laughs> it on live or something like that. It's more fun. <laughs> but the thing is, because I used to do voice acting, I can do other voices, so I can do, like, Elmo. Oh, so I decided, uh, hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll do the thing in a minute. Uh, I did Elmo to the song You'll Be Back by Justin Groff uh, from Hamilton, King George. Yeah, yeah. I did that to the point to annoy her that when she flew to New York to watch Hamilton on, Broad Hamilton on Broadway, 
when that song came on, she burst out laughing because all she could hear of was me doing Elmo. Jonathan Groff is the best person that's ever done King George. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Like, and um, Leslie Odom Jr. was... But though, to be fair, you got to give it to David Diggs. David Diggs as Lafayette and as... Um, I know, they Thomas do both. Jefferson. Yeah, what's his name? Jefferson. Jefferson, yeah, Thomas Jefferson. But uh, they did remove one of my favorite raps from um, Hamilton, the show, which is the actual response that Hamilton gives to John Adams, which is the most insane two minutes of insulting rap I've ever heard. I'm like, why did you take why this out? They removed it? Because it wasn't super popular, but after this after this podcast, like we're just gonna keep on and I'll show it to you because it'll be amazing. Yeah. But anyway, kind of jumping back into yeah. it because it is we we got sidetracked okay. entirely. Um, one of the cool things I love about movies, and this is something that you can actually apply, by the way, is look at how movies do their launch uh, launch dates. You're telling me you shouldn't follow a multi billion dollar movie like business. How do I do a trailer about my course coming out? Simple. Drop a video saying, guys, in on this date, this course is going to go live. Well, between now and then, I'm just going to start seeding it. You yeah, start putting it, it to different exactly. people. It's just little tiny hints of what's coming. Yeah. Um, and giving someone a bit of a taste of it. That's all it means. Yeah. I mean, you just need to make sure that it's there and done. I mean, does this go against the philosophy of, like, create it as you could sell it? Like, sell it first and then create it? No, no. It can because, do. Well, but you know what's going in it. It's all in your head all anyway. All so yeah. you know what's going on. For sure. Like one of the things I'm doing for Story Sound Blueprint is I'm actually going to be filming a live video. And then as I'm doing the trailer, I'm going to cut into my actual course and be like, just kind of put a musical overlay while this thing is being taught and then cut right back out again. So it's going to be like, oh, wait, shit. I want to know more about this. I'm like, damn right. You, you are. wish you were a movie producer. I wish I was a movie director. I wish I, I was an actor. Uh, to be fair, I'm going down that path. I've actually written. I used to be a voice actor, but I'm actually going down oh. the path of actually doing acting. Acting. I was an actress and TV presenter in my youth. Why'd you stop? And 20s. Because it's, unless you're one of the top people, you don't get paid anything, and I like money too. I don't blame you. My personal thing is I'm actually writing my own sitcom. Actually, I say oh, writing. Oh. I have written my own sitcom. It's in treatment right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm telling you, I get bored and tired, and I just yeah, decide to do like, different shit. Today, I'm going to be. Hey, <laughs> it's. I found that one of the coolest things about having money is it affords you the ability to go pursue what you really love to do. It does. Like for me, what I'm working towards is uh, one of my mentors goes, "If you had, all, if all the money and time in the world was taken care of, what would you do with your life?" I'm like, I'd write more, I'd do way more jujitsu, and I create way more art. He goes, "Why aren't you?" I was like, "I am, but I've got bills to pay." Yeah. So like. Writing on the side until that becomes my main income. I'm going to keep writing copy and consulting and doing what I do best. And then jujitsu is for fun because I love training. It's one of the best things ever. Though right now I've not been for a while and I'm going to get so much abuse. Like when people like, you hey, this, like motherfucker, you need to be here. Okay. That's just how I know my gym loves me is if I'm away for too long, I get they phone calls going, where the fuck are you? I'm like, I thought you guys were happy taking my money. They're like, no, get your ass in the gym. You need to get in shape. Like, okay. My gym doesn't know I exist. Which is exactly how I want it to be. <laughs> I'm not going to the gym ever. Oh, I can't do like regular gyms unless I've got a PT. I mean, I became friends with my last PT. That's why I'm okay with it, but we'll see. Anyway, kind of getting back into it. Health is a big thing. Um, so we've covered a lot of like movie stuff. I've got to quickly ask what has to be, what are some of the f- books that have impacted your life? Specifically, 
what would you say people need to check out for marketing and passive income ideas like those two specifically like and then and then add on anything else but those two please include something for both those resources i think that the best book i've ever read on marketing is the Mm e-myth it's brilliant um recently i just read uh pat flynn's um book superfans that's brilliant. If you are struggling to build an audience or you don't, you know, you see people out there who seem to have their shit figured out when it comes to their audience, their audience love them and they're really loyal. And people ask me all the time, why is your audience so loyal to you? And it's because I'm giving them what they want. Yeah. And what Pat Flynn does is he really goes into depth on the psychology of that, of, of like having these super fans and how it can work for you and your business. So it's a brilliant book to read. I've read so many books that I love, so many. Um, Rachel Hollis, Girl, Wash Your Face is amazing for women that don't feel like they should be or they're worthy of doing what they do. Um, so many, There's a book for everything that I've needed at the time, and I, that's what I love about this industry, that someone's bringing out another thing, another thing, another thing constantly. You can never learn too much. And I constantly learn. Hmm. That's pretty cool. But also, are you looking at super fans? It's really good. But also, if you hate books, some people say to me, I hate reading. I don't want to read a whole book. I never get through it. Just download Blinkist. Yeah, Blinkist is awesome. Just like 12 minutes. I'd say even 12 minutes, like 12 minutes is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, those are great books. Um, hmm. I want to actually, I'm curious on the E-Myth though, because everyone recommends that and I'm very curious. It's a book I've not read yet it? read. No, I haven't read that yet. It's kind of like the basics of why having an online business works and how it can give you freedom. So if you need like the basics of it, what, what it means to have an audience, what it means to be able to um, have a work smarter, not harder, life and business it's brilliant for that and for people that haven't been in business before lots of people starting off in this online space all the time it's a great book for that huh that's really really cool i'm just thinking because like it was one of those books that i'm looking at going okay do i really need to read this because i already am sold on this idea but it might be good just revisit just like get some clarity I think in all of these kind of books even though you know it like i know I know a lot about passive income, but I read every book on passive income because there's always going to be some nugget in there that makes your life easier. That's interesting. That is very interesting because I, I am going to have to reread this. But I, again, I downloaded the app called 12 Mins and I'm going to see what that's like because I go through entrepreneur.com. Yeah. It's funny. Entrepreneur.com is also doing like daily deals now. It's really weird. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> they have some good shit on there. Don't get me wrong, but it's just weird. Anyway. Uh, Blinkist would definitely back that because I do love that app. And no, it's good. the only reason I didn't, I stopped using it was I was like, I don't really want to pay nine dollars, nine pounds a month for this. Um, cause I already pay for audible. So I'm like, I like audible mm. way more. Yeah. And I find that audible is pretty awesome for it. Anyway, as a recommendation to you, cause you may actually just love this book. Have you read any of Robert Greene's books? No. Definitely oh. recommend checking out 48 laws of power. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's a great book. Like, all his books are fucking awesome. But if you start on, like, I wouldn't say get the big version of 48 Powers, of 48 Laws of Power, get the concise version. 
it's a lot smaller, it's handheld, you can carry it around. And while the other one goes into a lot more depth of historical accuracy and how it's all played out, someone like us definitely just needs the fucking... Here you go. Read the damn yeah. book. You'll be fine. And it's like chapter one, law one. Then it gives you like a section of what the law is and how it's applied and how it works. Chapter two. When one. you say law, yeah. is this woo-woo? No, this is an actual yeah. law. Such okay. as law one, law one is never outshine the master. Oh, got it. Okay. Law 27. Um, use, use the... God, I'm going to just look this up because I actually have a post of all 27 laws that I had made just for me. Um because I love this thing. He's one of my all-time favorite authors. Like, like he's huge. So like law number one is um, never outshine the master, which is all about how to make sure that essentially you, you don't piss off your superiors. Um, law number three, conceal your intentions. Law number five, or seven, sorry, law number seven, get others to do the work for you, but always take credit. Um, you, law number 16, use absence to, in, uh, to increase strength and honor. By the way, a lot of these sound very counterintuitive, but if you really look at them from a power-based standpoint when you when you read them, yeah. A, it means how you could play the game of how if you want to, but B, you can be very aware of what people how are doing. How others are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, law 21, play a sucker to catch a sucker, seem dumber than your mark. That's a very simple way of like looking at it for market research. Play yeah. the perfect courtier, meaning like the laws of court politics. Avoid ostination, practice nonchalance. Be frugal with flattery, arrange to be noticed. Alter your style and language according to the person you're dealing with. Never be the bearer of bad news. Um, it's amazing. Like law 27, uh, sorry, law, tw- which one is it? It is religion. Uh, law 27, play on people's belief, uh, people's need to believe to create a cult-like following, you know, use what organized religions have used for absolutely year, for years and decades and millennia to actually go ahead and create a following that is cult-like. And it actually gives you a formula of the five things that you need to do to build a cult-like following and what to look for in order to avoid it being in a cult. Yeah. It's one oh. of the best books I've read. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's got to the point where I've recommended one of his books on nearly every show now like, <laughs> he's just such a fucking awesome dude anyway so one of my questions i have for you specifically on the show um would be how would you personally not even how would you sorry i'm kind of like rabbit mouthing for a second what i mean to ask is um when your confidence is knocked because i do know you've been in this space especially if you've been bullied where your confidence just feel completely rocked you're like fuck i don't want to do this anymore i want to give Mm -hmm. up throw in the towel and what do you do yeah what do you do to build yourself back up what do you tell your clients to do to get them back to that stage where they can feel like they can do this first thing i do is remember why i'm doing it always go back to your why always remember why you're doing it so for me i want my kids to have a different kind of life than I had when I was younger. Um, And so that's enough of a a push for me to succeed. But also, I want to show others that even if you are knocked down, that doesn't mean you can't be a success. Even if your confidence is knocked, it doesn't mean you can't learn confidence. Confidence is a behavior. You can learn any behavior. So, you know, you get back up and you, you can take it slowly for a while, but eventually you get visible and you get out there again. And so I'll always get back up again. And I think that I don't really know any entrepreneurs that haven't been knocked at some point in their yeah. 
for sure. I mean, it's one of the reasons I always like to ask this question is because everyone has their own mechanism everyone. to get it back up. Yeah, they definitely do. And everyone's had it as well. And I think that, especially if you're quite new and you're starting out and something goes wrong or, or you've been put down in some way, you can very easily think, oh, this has only happened to me. I shouldn't be in this industry. And actually, it's happened to everybody. The more yeah. we talk about it, the more we realize that it's happened to everybody. And they have managed to carry on and therefore you can. Yeah, exactly. It's freaking awesome. Like whenever you think about it, like how we are as people and how resilient we are and what we've gone through. Yeah, we're really resilient. And entrepreneurs are more resilient than most. They have to be. Pretty much. And we love to give. That's the other thing as well. Yeah. So having that giving mindset is always brilliant. And finally, one of my favorite questions to ask on the show, um, realistically more than anything else, and that is, if you could give three pieces of advice to literally anyone listening today to start an action on today, what three pieces of advice would you give and why? The first thing I'd say is just start. Lots of people plan and plan and plan, and they're taking in all of this information from all of these different podcasts and webinars and freebies. Just start. You will make mistakes. You can fix them as you go along. Start. That would be number one. The second one is to put stuff out there even if it's not perfect. So just Put something out there. Anything imperfect is better than nothing at all because it doesn't matter if it's wrong. Just put things out there. Show up. Make sure you're building your audience all of the time. And the third thing is work out before you do anything else. If you're thinking today, right, I've heard about this passive income. I want to make some passive income. Yeah, I'm really, I feel like I've hit an income ceiling or I just want to do things in easier way. Then before you start thinking about what passive income stream, I want you to work out who you want to help who what kind of person you want to help why that's going to take you further quicker than just going right we put a membership out there so they're my three big things i think i mean i have so much advice (laughs) because of the amount of things i had to learn and the amount of mistakes i made but they'd be my top three that's pretty awesome thank you for sharing those because those are actually really powerful and people don't really realize I'll also add in to say that when you're actually releasing anything, we all make mistakes. We've all had that. We've all had that thing where our launches have gone wrong. Oh, yeah. Like, or um, the sales copy was written wrong, or we messed up and made a typo, or the emails went out the wrong time, or name a thing. (laughs) Name anything where anything goes wrong, and I guarantee you've actually gone through it. It's how we work as humans. But yeah, um, Lisa, thank you so much for being a guest here today and actually for having like an amazing show. Guys, I know we went off a little bit of a little <laughs> bit off rails, but it's all fun and games and all good. Um, please check out Lisa Coaching, LisaJohnsonCoaching.co.uk. Find her on uh, different media sources. Wait, what are you on? So you've got Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube? Yeah, I've got YouTube. My biggest thing is I've got a Facebook group where I hang out and just talk about passive income called The What's- Fabulous 5% fabulous five percent i am now joining that <laughs> i'm gonna be the only man in there i think no there's loads of men in there yes. i'm joining because <laughs> i've actually been the only guy in so many like female groups because okay. i wrote their copy and i'm like wait i'm the only guy here with a penis cool <laughs> <laughs> you are all men are welcome in there although i do have gfd society which is my membership and that is women only and at one point i thought i would invite men in and then i asked the women in there and they were like no not happening you gotta have the right type of man sweetie that's what it is you gotta have the right type of guy in there but guys go check out uh lisa 
johnsoncoaching.co.uk. Find her on Facebook. Um, also, most importantly as well, please rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show. The more subscribers we get, the more we get moved up and the better interviews I can keep getting in and bringing in because, hey, I love helping you guys and I love helping you guys succeed in whatever you do. As always, I'm, I'm your host of the most, as always, Adel Marcy, and even though I just repeated myself, we're going to keep that in there. Take care, guys, <laughs> and see you on next week's episode. Bye. See ya.